Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. Our readings are from the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verses 2 through 4 and 9 through 15. The Reverend Scott Quinn is preaching. His sermon is titled, Freefall and Big M Miracles. You'll find the link to our complete announcements in your email. Here are a few highlights. We anticipate our first in-person Sunday worship service being August 29th. We are continuing to monitor recommendations, so we'll keep you posted should we need to modify our plans. This Wednesday, August 4th, we will have a simple service via Zoom in the style of Taze. Join us for candlelight and prayer chants at 7.30 p.m. The next Companions on the Inner Way virtual retreat will be held August 11th to the 14th. If you're interested and haven't yet registered, the deadline is also this Wednesday, the 4th. You'll find the details in the written announcements. And now in preparation for worship, you're invited to quiet yourself, becoming still as you prepare to worship God.
Let us pray. Loving God, your daily gifts of food and water astound us when we notice. When we forget that you are the source, forgive us. Wake us up to your generous spirit that we might give you praise. Wake us up to your generous gifts that we might share with others more freely. As we continue now in silent prayer, wake us up to you. God hears us when we cry out in need. Christ enters the world that we might reject all that is false and receive all that is true. Let us hear and believe the good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Alleluia. Amen. is my
A reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 16, beginning with the second verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. God, we give you thanks for these ancient words. Open our hearts and minds that we might hear your word for us this day. Amen. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of God in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then God said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. A continuation from Exodus. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, 
Draw near to the Holy One, for God has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked towards the wilderness, and the glory of God appeared in the cloud. God spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Holy One, your God. In the evening quails came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that God has given you to eat. Here ends the reading. I used to live in Austin, Texas, where I worked for an interfaith spirituality center called Seton Cove, which recently closed its doors. I remember it as a place of grace, the grace of a community and work where I could bring my whole self, the grace of learning, creativity, and a lived knowing of the divine, and the grace of relationships with amazing people with whom I shared awe, caring, tears, and laughter. The stories about such graced relationships are innumerable, but one example is a dear man named Dan, a retired middle school social studies teacher who came to see me for spiritual direction at the center. Shortly after we started meeting, he was diagnosed with multiple systems atrophy, a condition similar to ALS. When he could no longer manage stairs up to my office, we met downstairs in the classroom. Eventually, walking became too difficult, and I would go to his home to offer spiritual direction. Toward the end, when even his speech was fading, I would just hold his hand, pray, and read to him especially poetry, as tears streamed down his face. Dan's favorite poem gets to the heart of the grace I experienced at the center and that I experience when I surrender into the ever-present divine love. The poem is called The Avowal by Denise Levertov. As swimmers dare to lie face to the sky and water bears them. As hawks rest upon air and air sustains them. So would I learn to attain freefall and float into creator spirit's deep embrace, knowing no effort earns that all surrounding grace. When life is hard or uncertain, how do we actually respond? Do we allow ourselves to free fall into a love beyond earning, into creator spirit's deep embrace? 
For most of us, free fall and surrender are unfamiliar, even scary. We prefer a sense of certainty where our actions yield predictable results. Grace sounds good, but we feel more comfortable with control, something tangible that we can grasp and direct. Our Bible story for today portrays a very human response to uncertain times. The Israelites have been set free from bondage in Egypt. They have been traveling through the desert for a couple of months, and the promised land is still just a promise, a mirage, like a glistening pool of water, always just beyond reach on the road ahead. They're grumpy and resentful. They take out their frustration on their leaders, Moses and Aaron, and by extension, on God, saying, you should have just left us in Egypt. Why have you led us into this quagmire? We'd be better off as slaves who at least got three square meals a day. In fact, we'd be better off dead. That's a lot of drama. Yet, how do we feel? when the caregiving is exhausting, the diagnosis frightening, the pandemic lingering, the unjust politics overwhelming, the climate in chaos. Is our response any less dramatic, any less human? So in the story, Moses goes to God, who replies with a plan that has a deeper agenda. The plan includes quail coming in droves each twilight and at dawn a flaky substance appearing with which they could make bread. This mysterious morning gift elicited a question. What is it? Or in their language, manna. Of course, there are different interpretations of what happened. Was it? All a coincidence, just a fortunate happenstance that can be easily explained? Or was it a loving blessing provided by the holy? Or both? Recently, at the Interfaith Council where I work, we hosted a meditation led by Rabbi Henry Schreibman. He said that prayer, spiritual practice, is about noticing the small miracles each day and taking them in with gratitude. Drink the cold water, and as you do, receive it with joy. Notice the hummingbird sucking nectar from the flower, and let yourself hover with it in a timeless delight. Savor hugging a friend or relative whom you have not been able to embrace for so long. Rabbi Schreibman calls these moments small M miracles. They happen over and over and over again, yet we often do not recognize, appreciate, and fully receive them. These noticings of the blessings of daily life are a form of prayer. Life is inherently a miracle, innately sacred. Our prayerful attention, however, awakens us to the miraculous and blessed in a world that is so often difficult, uncertain, and unjust. 
Even after, after the Israelites had food, even after arriving in the promised land, life was still hard. In our recognition of the holy throughout the day, we do not negate nor avoid the painful. We still must feel and experience all that life is. But our prayerful and mindful attention reattunes us to the divine presence that is in, with, and underneath our every moment. Rabbi Schreibman said that when we live life attuned to that presence, when we appreciate those small M miracles, especially in difficult times, that is the big M miracle. What about you? What small M miracles are showing up in your life? Whether you chalk them up to happenstance or providence, do you receive them with gratitude? Do you allow yourself to be nourished, opened up, and made more alive by them? Do you experience ordinary moments like breakfast or the smell of jasmine as the holy loving on you? If so, that is a big M miracle. In the text, the holy shows up as a cloud, hanging out on the edge of camp, wooing the Israelites forward, not just toward food or a promised land, but also into intimate knowing. That was God's deeper agenda. Yes, they needed bread and meat, but God wanted to be more than their Amazon Prime account where they could have anything delivered to them on demand. God said to Moses, I'm testing the people. I'm seeing if y'all will know that I am the Lord your God. Now this is an in-your-bones, beyond-words, expansive and intimate knowing. We see this Hebrew word for knowing also used as a way to describe sexual intimacy. Adam knew Eve. Abram knew Sarah. It's a body, mind, and soul knowing. This is the kind of knowing we have with the holy when the big M miracle happens in us, when we allow and surrender to all. Of course, mere words are inadequate to describe this knowing love, this miracle. So we turn to art, music, and poetry to express the longing of the Holy One for us and us for the Holy. In his poem, We Should Talk About This Problem, the Sufi poet Hafez portrays God talking directly to each of us. In the poem, God says, There is a beautiful creature living in a hole you have dug. So at night, I set fruit and grains and little pots of wine and milk beside your soft earthen mounds. And I often sing. But still, my dear, you do not come out. I have fallen in love with someone who hides inside you. 
We should talk about this problem. Otherwise, I will never leave you alone. The sacred divine mystery will never leave us alone. This is both a blessing and a test, an edgy invitation. We are never alone in our desert wanderings, the hard times of life where uncertainty is the only certainty. And until we get, really know, that the holy mystery has fallen in love with us, we will be pursued and wooed. This is the divine yearning and the ultimate source and destination of all our yearnings. Life itself longs for us, and we long for union with all life. God prods us to awaken to God's presence, which is our true identity and constant destination. The mysterious divine essence, like a cloud, overlays our every moment, pleasant or painful. The God, reality, or realm holds it all. Attuned to that reality, we know ourselves to be the same love that God is, which transforms how we hold every experience, how we hold ourselves, how we hold each other. This is our journey toward truly knowing God. Which is another way of saying truly knowing union with all that is. Which is another way of saying truly knowing love and grace. They are all one and the same. In that knowing, we are always at home, even while still on the way, even while roaming through uncertainty or injustice, or our own imperfections. The way is to notice, receive, trust, know, and free fall. To allow the big M miracle to happen within us. This is God's invitation to the Israelites, to my friend Dan, and to all of us. As swimmers dare to lie face to the sky and water bears them. As hawks rest upon air and air sustains them. So would I learn to attain freefall and float into creator spirit's deep embrace knowing no effort earns that all-surrounding grace. Amen.
We believe in God who responds in abundance to the needs of all people. We believe in Christ who lived a generous human life in our midst and calls us to do the same. We believe in Holy Spirit who is present in every act of giving from the heart and creates a bond between giver and receiver. This we believe. Amen.
Let us pray. Holy Mystery, we give you thanks for the beauty that surrounds us, for hummingbirds pausing for nectar, for clear, cool water quenching our thirst. We give thanks for those moments when we catch a glimmer of the sublime in our midst, and the sweetness of berries for breakfast, and the free fall of a hawk in flight, in the face of a swimmer looking skyward, relaxed and upheld by the water. We pray that these little miracles might awaken us to our union with life, filled with the divine essence that is you, that is us, that is home. As we continue to journey through uncertainty, Nourish and uphold us, and allow grace to grow in us as we greet the mirage that is the promised land. We pray that you would be with the 7th Avenue community as each of us needs. Give us endurance, give us hope, give us connection. As citizens of a nation and people of a world that has become so fraught with division and demonization, we pray that wisdom and unity and healing might grow. Help us to remember the gift that connects us. And now in silence, we continue in prayer. We make this prayer in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Right before me, Jesus, right before me. 
as we go forth, we are invited to drink cold water. And as we do so, to drink it with joy. To notice the hummingbird taking in the nectar and to savor the presence of a friend. We are encouraged to allow ourselves to be made more alive by receiving the small m miracles in our midst. grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen.